0: Welcome to Flow State Business. I don't know about you guys, but I am completely consuming everything that the Hormozies are putting out right now. I am loving everything Alex has got to share about the business. I'm loving everything Layla has got to share about building the business and the operations behind it. And I just came off this episode where Alex is basically talking about how you can never, ever hire a bad mentor. You can never make a bad choice hiring a coach and it doesn't matter how much you pay them. You're never going to make a mistake basically, because they're always going to teach you different lessons, whether they're really valuable lessons that you can take along with you in a more positive sense, or whether they're really valuable lessons that they can give you in a sense of, I never, ever want to be that way or that is an example of what not to do in the industry, or even if it's not the industry, what not to do that crosses your own personal standards and expectations and the things that you know for a fact, maybe you weren't so clear on it prior and then you've experienced something and it's like, whoa, okay, I know to never ever go there in terms of my business. So, I was truly umming and aring whether or not I record an episode like this because I, I am aware that it can be misconstrued and taken in a really, really opposite sense of the intention behind this. So I'm going to ask the universe to do its thing and for it to be an episode that is really truly about the lessons that I have learned working with coaches who have shown me what not to do. And we can have a bit of a laugh about it. And I can tell you what I've done to make sure that I am holding myself of a different standard, and at the same time, also giving you guys like and also like a look into what Alex was referring to about how it doesn't matter with the coaches you work with if at the time you feel really hard done by or you're hard on yourself for choosing air quotes the wrong coach and helping you see it from a whole other perspective. Okay, so I really do hope that it's taken with. A little bit of jest, and um, certainly not finger pointing. I'm absolutely not going to mention any names, any brands, any. I'm not going to, you know, link it to any particular person. I'm going to keep the genders very neutral, and uh, we can just really look at the situation as it was. And obviously, it's from my perspective. Everybody has a different side to the story, but basically, how it's helped me become one of the best coaches in the world, and why I hold myself to that standard. And I'll also say that, you know, I've worked with a good handful of coaches and mentors now who have offered me so many wonderful tips and advice. And even some of these that I'm mentioning today, they equally gave me some really awesome sick pieces of information that I have gone ahead and applied and it's made me a lot of money and it's helped me see things a lot clearer. So anyway, with that being said, I will also start by saying this. I am not perfect. I know how disappointing. I know you all thought that I was, (laughs) but I have so many flaws, you guys. Namely being that I run so fast that I often leave people behind or that sometimes I can be really inconsiderate with making decisions and not, you know, bringing the team along, just like classic Sagittarius fire energy, just go, go, go. And not really taking into perspective, like what is actually, you know, going on and understanding what others are going through as well. So I am very sure that I have pissed off my clients before in some way. And there's probably someone out there doing an episode like this, you know, saying that it was me. (laughs) So I take full responsibility. I really do. But I really thought I would share some of the craziest stories that I've experienced in the coaching world that have really helped me identify what not to do in the hopes of bettering my own coaching style, professionalism, and standards that I hold for my own soul of the business. I also want to note that I really back the coaching industry. I fucking love it. I'm not one of those coaches that's like, oh, I hate being a coach or coaching's just not for me anymore. Or, you know, I have absolutely zero intention of exiting the coaching world anytime soon. I definitely have had friends and close peers and colleagues who literally will say, I am so sick of the coaching industry. I'm so done with it. Oh, It makes me feel sick being in it. That is not my jam. I love coaches. I love you guys so much. I can't wait to continue to forge a really, really long career in the coaching space. And I'm sure that you know, like one day when I decide that coaching is done and dusted, I will always look back at this time and go, this was really the time of my life. It was so amazing. So this isn't really meant to open up a negative spiral of outlining an individual or the or in the coaching industry by any means. But I think by sharing some of this, it normalizes what it looks like to actually begin to understand what it means for you rather than being a victim of it. And how you can help better the coaching industry because of it. But I want to document my learning moments, all of them. And these are the greatest teachers when it comes to customer standards and client excellence. So let's get started. I worked with a coach who literally said these words, and it was about the new coaching program that they were creating. And at the time, this coach was really, really just on a massive high lots of people enrolling and they were really just enjoying it and potentially enjoying it very much on the ego side. And a question came up and the coach was asked, how do you hold the energy of the group when it's so large and there's so many students on the inside? And I shit you not, you guys, this coach responded by saying, you have to haze the students. So I was very new to the idea of hazing. I understand it's not really an Australian thing. I've never, you know, really understood this as a whole. And so I was like, what is hazing? And they're like, you don't know what hazing is. It's basically what you break, you break them and then you put them back together. make you, I break you kind of a thing. And it's like you play all these pranks into to the point where sometimes it can get really just way too off kilter and, you know, it can get dangerous at times. But this coach was just sort of saying, you got to break them and you got to help them understand who's in charge. The direct term was, you got to break the bitches. I kid you not. Oh, I couldn't believe it. And it was so different to the brand that I was attracted to this notion, this belief, this philosophy was so far away from who I thought I was working with and investing in. It was mean and unkind and so nasty. And there truly was no other way that I could describe this to you all. It was pure projected bitterness channeled into a business. It was so angry. And, you know, part of me was sort of thinking, wow, there's there's some stuff in here around inner child work for this particular individual maybe it had something to do with feeling out of control in friendships and feeling bullied as a child, whatever it was, but it was disgusting and crude. And it really taught me at that point, what you see on the outside and what you feel on the inside, and it's a mismatch, that's just a highway to misalignment. And it's no surprise that this particular program really crumbled, you know, not, not too far into it. It really crumbled. And there was a lot of bad gossip going around this particular program because of that, you know? So it's not like, I don't know. I don't know why you would kind of even say things like that in such a public way, and then just kind of think it was cool or it was funny or that it would actually make you more respected. It's just really nasty. Second scenario, a different coach. (laughs) So this coach, you guys at the end of this are going to be like, okay, Ruby, you need to learn how to be a better judge of character when picking out these coaches. But I swear to you, their branding and my initial sense is really different. But like I said earlier, it is really coupled with a lot of wonderful things that I also learned from them. So uh, this other coach basically said, okay, when I show up in a room, I have this undying knowing that I am Jesus." oh my gosh even just saying that out loud and I said to them what do you mean and they said I'm Jesus and and then they went on to say that they had a reading from a psychic healer I think it was who said that they were Jesus incarnate the energy of Jesus incarnate and that they were the ultimate teacher and they would have disciples who would follow them all around the world and spread their message. Oh gosh. And then they went on to say, and you are one of them. Oh my God. (laughs) I was just like, I am a disciple of Jesus. I I didn't say that, but it was just a moment where it was so interesting. And I, I honestly, for quite a good moment, was wondering whether it was just a practical joke and not, you know, when you're just not sure whether to laugh or not and you go, ha, 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 oh, oh my God, they're being serious. <laughs> it was one of those moments. And uh, yeah, it was just really something that I had to note and realize that, okay, this person's really, really, truly backing their work and backing their entire message. And I know that I was meant to work with this person for a reason and I guess one of the lessons that I really learned from that was humbleness and being aware of where you believe that you were from a social standpoint and professional standpoint and knowing what to share and what not to share more so than anything. Okay, third scenario. Are you enjoying these? I hope you are. Third scenario. I like to call this scenario unavailable and stood up. And this is actually one that really, really pisses me off in the industry. If this happens to you, it sucks. I'm sorry. And, uh, it's something that I know, gosh, there's no excuses with this one. So a coach who I was definitely paying a lot, a lot of money to became unavailable very quickly and messaged me in a very short period of time with no real explanation. And I didn't see that in time. And I went on the coaching call and I was completely stood up for the call. And what pisses me off the most is when energetics is used as an excuse to act out of kindness and respect for others. So basically this particular coach said, I'm unable to make the call. We'll have to find another time to reschedule. I messaged the team And I messaged this coach and said, can we please reschedule? And this was after a period of time, maybe three or four days. Can we please reschedule? I really would love to talk to you about my next launch, which is coming up next week. And I just wanted to really have your support there. Uh, They basically replied to say, energetically, I'm just unavailable to show up right now. We'll have to do it next week. And I just was really quite shocked and surprised, just given that it really felt just as though I was not important and that I was very low priority and I understand that if there were certain things that they were working on energetically, that's all cool. But I'm interested to hear from you guys. Where do you draw the line with that? If you're feeling energetically down and you have a high paid client, do you just put it off completely for weeks, which is exactly what happened? So I didn't get to rebook that until two and a half weeks later. I remember that very clearly. And at that point, a lot of my friends who I told said, you should immediately get out of that contract because you are not a priority. And I was already finishing up very soon. After that call, I realized that I didn't want to be coached by this person anymore and just stopped going to any of the sessions. And I just stopped requesting private calls. And uh, eventually I had a reach out from that person saying, is everything okay? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And I had a very fluid conversation with this particular individual saying how it was really unprofessional and how I felt really kicked to the curb and just like another number and not someone who really understood my business inside out. And that was it. So that was a very, very interesting time. And it also taught me, and honestly, just looking at my whole entire business, I have, I would say 99.99% of the time. I have never stood someone up and 100% of the time I have always, if I've had to, for whatever reason, it would have had to be a major emergency or something full on happened. I would have rescheduled that person straight away, like as soon as I could straight away. So it really taught me about client excellence and standards and just basic respect for a customer and a client. Okay. Next scenario, the coach who I bought a course from, had sold a course without building it. Now, so this is pretty normal in my world. I will sell courses that I haven't built and I'm very open and very transparent about that. I create my courses live. I give you the dates in which I am going to be showing up for those live. And by the end of the four weeks or the six weeks, we have the full course and then it becomes sold as a self-study or an evergreen. This particular coach was selling a course without building it and they were building it through pre-recorded, not through live. And so basically it was a super early bird and early bird. And then the full price, I came in at early bird and they basically said, you will have this course very shortly. And this is what it's all about. Beautiful, gorgeous sales page. And it was awesome. I was like, great. I want it. They ended up sending communication saying that, They needed to reschedule the release for the course by over a month. And I said, I just had this intuitive gut feel that they weren't going to deliver it in the month either. And I just said, hey, if there's a possibility, I would love a refund on the course. If that's at all something that you would offer. They came back and slapped me with the biggest legal jargon that I have ever seen. It was a huge email and a letter. And they also put their debt recovery team on me because I mustn't have paid in full. I must have paid as a payment plan. And they were afraid that I wasn't going to continue paying the payment plan. And it was just the most full on, like, oh my gosh, like I just was asking if I could get a refund on that initial payment because to me, it felt like you didn't meet the terms of the course where on your sales page, you said that it would be ready after at this time. And now you're delaying it by one month. So I was very clear. Luckily I had an attorney on my side who was able to just like take that off my plate energetically. Cause I said to her, I don't know what, where I stand here, but if they're going to throw a grenade, I'm happy to throw it right back at them. And That's the sag in me, I think it's just like, all right, let's go. And I got the refund many months later, the full refund. And, you know, the course, I will say never got completed. So I'm not really sure what happened there with the rest of the people who purchased this, but it never went live. And I'm guessing that they ended up refunding everybody in the end anyway. So, yeah, this lesson was really big for me because I realized that I knew my energy was always going to be really attuned to creating courses live. I love it. You know, I enjoy having a bright audience that I can connect with, share, you know, do all the things in terms of it just being like right there and then. I said to myself, Ruby, if you're going to do this, you're going to sell a course. You're going to sell it before it's even put together. You better sure as hell show up for it and show up for it good because you don't want to have that scenario. And also on the legal side of things, it just taught me to be more compassionate, at least go back to the client to say, Hey, is there anything going on? What makes you feel uncomfortable? offer them some you know, pieces of whatever it is, comfort that they need. Maybe even just go the extra mile to say, if I was ever in the situation where I had to delay the course release, I'd be saying, I'm so sorry for this. By the way, here's another course I can get you started. Or here is a partial credit that you can use towards something else. Or I'm going to send you out my journal to say, thank you for being so patient with me. I just want to make sure that I'm completely putting together something for you that's in alignment with the vision for this particular project. So thank you so much for understanding. However, if you do wish to exit, here is the form to exit. You know, like just really being very fair and open and connected with what is actually going on and what the people might be feeling. So that was a big lesson. Uh, this one, I went to a retreat. I arrived late to the retreat. And by the time I got there, I was late by about three hours, just because travel stuff anyway three hours. And by the time I got there, everybody was smashed drunk, everyone. And um, the person who was hosting the retreat was so drunk that they passed out on the couch for the whole first day of the retreat. And it was only a couple of days retreat. So the whole first day, this person was cold out. And it was interesting because there was a lot of people at this retreat who had never met before and we were all just kind of wondering what to do for that whole day. So unprofessional and fucking crazy to me that that could have even have happened. And then when this person became sober again, we did go out to dinner that evening as planned and it was on the itinerary And this person went ahead and drank some more. So clearly there was some more underlying issues there, fear of holding a group or avoidance or something was going on that the bottle was calling louder than it was to serve clients and customers who had taken a big chunk out of their lives. And some of them traveled a long way to get there. And it was just completely disrespectful. So that's like, kind of speaks for itself. I I think we know what lessons we learn from that. It's just self-control and uh, yeah, let let that be that. So it was very interesting. The next one, I had a coaching call with, this is a one-off call with somebody. And I was really excited to meet this person because I was really drawn to them their marketing was fantastic. And I just really was so keen to kind of see what gems would come from this call. Anyway, jumped on the call and this coach basically said, I'm so sorry. And then just starts bursting out into tears, tears and tears and tears. It was like very awkward, 45 minutes of tears. And they went on to actually tell me what was going on this is the first time I'd ever met this particular person. And they told me about the depths of their relationship and what was going on. They were going through a breakup and how it brought up all this stuff. And it was kind of at this one point where I thought, am I coaching them? And, and, you know, there was a huge part of me that kind of thought, okay, well, they need me right now. I'm here and I'm going to offer that level of support and comfort and it was 45 minutes of that. And then I think it helped because they got themselves together, they composed themselves. And uh, we had 15 minutes where they said basically, okay, this whole call has been about, about me. Can I at least offer you some advice? Let's, you know, let, let's get back on track and offer you some advice. So it's was like, great. And um, this coach went to uh, probably about 20 minutes more than the call. So in total, I got, yeah, maybe half an hour to 40 minutes of the call coaching call that I purchased. And it was good. Like, you know, I mean, obviously their energy was all over the shop and I couldn't really fully show my stuff, like be vulnerable myself because I was really aware of where they were at. You know what I mean? So the call ended and I felt really weird. Like I was just sort of thinking to myself, do I ask for another call? That was it? Or do I just leave it? And they didn't offer another call either. There was no follow-up there around, so sorry. I know, you know, a majority of that call was really unexpected and, and nothing, no replay. I, none of that. And at the time I kind of thought there would be a replay, but I don't know. Anyway, so then I reached out to the team and I said, Hey, would it be okay if this is what happened on the call? Is it okay to reschedule another? And they just sent me another call link with a payment link attached to it. And so I DM'd the person and I said, I hope everything is well. I've just reached out to your team. I'm not sure they know, but as most of our call was focused on some of the things that you were going through, would it be okay just to catch up again for another half hour? And it was just left on red. So that was so interesting. And I just, oh, that one got me so annoyed. Oh, I was just shaking with anger at it. It, I went through all the stages of grief, but let's just say anger was the one that I was left with. And I just said, how could someone just do that? And I was, Michael gets all of it the year full. I was like, how could someone just do that? I can't believe that you would just leave someone on red like that after blah, blah, blah. And it was so interesting. Anyway, I ended up letting it go, deleted that person, realized that that was meant to be what I was paying for. Like Alex Hormozy says, was the lesson within that, you know, just, just don't bring your personal problems to coaching calls and hold your brand to integrity of that. So clearly I was just really there to make the money or maybe it was something else. Maybe they were just really embarrassed maybe they, you know, had that vulnerability hangover. That could absolutely have been part of it too. So uh, very interesting for sure. So that is it. I hope you enjoyed the little story tell. It's so important you guys to learn from these moments and to not just kind of point the finger and be the victim and feel really hard done by. I really hope that by sharing some of these worst coaching experiences that I've had, you can be more aware of also what not to do when working with clients. Maybe there's some of the things that I shared today that you're like, actually, Rubs, that's not so bad. Like what's the big deal there? And that's good because that's also understanding where it is that feels good for you. And if you've heard that story and you've gone, yeah, I would definitely claim that I'm Jesus. Why not? That feels good to me. Then do that <laughs> just to own it. But you know, there's going to be parts of your journey where you might feel as though you're really in the moment and you feel like you should have got your money's worth or whatnot. After some time, you will see how that moment impacted on you as a CEO, as a business owner, and as an entrepreneur. And I know for me personally, that's what's happened. Remembering that we're all human. We all make mistakes. We can never, ever make everybody happy. And these are obviously total extreme examples, really extreme examples. I've got others, but let's not spend too much more time there. It was really more so a highlight on how to gain lessons from moments in mentoring where you never really expected to see the lessons. And I really hope that this has helped you, maybe even given you a laugh, something to relate to, something to chat about. If any of these are, you know, really kind of close to home for you, send me through a DM. I'd love to hear your story as well. And like I said, I'm really uninterested in naming names. Don't ask me who they were. Don't even DM me insinuating that you think you know who they were. It was merely just the lesson and the connection to that to help us become more powerful, more aligned and better coaches. Okay. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening. Don't forget if you feel inspired to please rate and review the podcast. I'm so excited to get this podcast out to more people in the world and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye guys.